just tuning into this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from episode number 433 with England rugby union player Anthony Watson and Speedworks head coach Alan Murdoch. So we have a little chat around the philosophy that Alan has around ACL rehabilitation and how that worked in practice when it came to rehabbing Anthony and we get Anthony's take in there as well which is a unique perspective from a, a player of his caliber. But just before we do dive into this episode with these two guys I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So if you're looking for a free solution to be able to collect, analyze, visualize and present data to coaches, check out AMS Lite from Rock Daisy at rockdaisy.com. Fascinating first half hour. Love it. Right, the injury. Let's get into the bit of a detail and and I'm going to keep coming back to you just to give your get your perspective on certain things that Alan's saying. But I'll take us through the kind of key principles, key practices that you're going through upon planning the the next phase of of uh, Ant's rehab when it first happened. Yeah, no worries. Um, so the I guess the very first conversation was to sit down and go, okay, well, what what are we actually going to try and achieve? Like I think that the bare the bare minimum is we're going to regain all the things that SNC coaches and medical staff all know. We're going to regain quad size, we're going to regain knee function, we're going to regain strength and power and jumping ability, etc. But what do you actually want to gain out the back end? We're going to spend six months together pretty much every day. How do you want to be as a player exiting the process? And I think to have that clarity um, really set the tone for the entire rehab. So um, there was a, there was really the kind of the big goals of, I want to return faster. I want to be as evasive as possible and make sure that on return I've got a step off my left as well as my right, which historically has been the dominant dominant side. And then also there's the previous history of having an Achilles rupture, a really nasty Achilles rupture that still had some deficits lying around there from from all those all those years ago. So those were the those were the kind of the big three. And then from that, it was really a case of, okay, well, what is it that we need to do to be able to achieve that and, and reverse engineer back from those big picture goals? Um, and the first one was really having this like speed-based approach. So I know I've been on the podcast before and talked about this speed-based approach, but essentially it's understanding that the high intensity actions of the game sit at the top of your training pyramid. So your max speed, your acceleration, your deceleration, your change of direction or your agility. Um, and identifying early on what physical qualities were responsible for contributing towards developing those. And I know you've had Enda on who speaks unbelievably well around developing things early. Like the second you're off the bed, why aren't you developing your foot strength, your lateral hip strength, your trunk ability or your, trunks, uh, your trunk stability? Um, all those things were chucked into the program almost immediately. Um, in terms of a lot of foot strength as well, targeting not only the ability to run fast and change direction, but also around stability of the shank um, and also contributing towards the injury of previous around that Achilles. Um, so you've you've had, I think recently, Rob, you've had some really cool articles out on, on training the foot around first ray, mid foot, forefoot, all that stuff loads and loads of that until we were blue in the face for the first 10 weeks or so and regaining that kind of that knee function initially so you had flexion and extension so we could actually get rolling from there um and then 
after identifying that we're going to have a speed-based approach, which means early start and all the speed-related qualities and all the things that are responsible for being able to run fast, um, was almost looking at, okay, well, what are the closed abilities you need to be able to have a wicked step? Well, you need to have unbelievable eccentric qualities around the quad to break yourself. You need to have massive lateral hip stability and you have to have complete control over your trunk, which potentially might have been the reason in the first place that something went awry. We'll never know, but it's it's okay to 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 make some assumptions and and target those as a bit of a almost like a prehab to what previously happened. Um, and then the last thing, and this was the big thing for me, I actually think in an ACL rehab, as long as the surgery is good and as long as the athlete, like we've spoken about, is diligent around recovery and puts themselves in a position to make sure they've got a quiet knee that's not effused and we're not chasing our tail with a knee that's like puffy and sore but we're training on it anyway because it's week 10 and, and the literature says we should be doing that um was this idea of like skill acquisition and this was by far and away the funnest part of the rehab like it was it was so enjoyable like once we got back strength once we back, got back reactivity once we got back decent levels of speed and repeatability the challenge to me was really like okay well what does amp do on a pitch what does he do continuously or repetitively from a skill point of view? And what are the scenarios that I can build him up to, to feel absolutely confident going in to training on day one, not to just kind of survive through training on day one, but just to get the ball in his hands and absolutely thrive and tear up on day one. And that idea of skill acquisition and gradually going from close to open, simple to complex, simple to really challenging was, was just a, it was an absolute joy to go through. And, um, I mean, I've actually, I've got, I've got a good story about this. So I've got a, I've got a young lad, uh, Luca, his name is, he's an, he's an intern at Speedworks. He was an athlete and he's a, he's the best lad ever. He wants to become a coach and he, he took a real interest in the speed stuff. So I, so I took him on as an intern, kind of coached him up and, and gave him some education. Anyway, he trained with Ant so vigorously that, so he was Ant's training partner towards the latter parts of the rehab. And uh, he was doing some of his training on the side. Anyway, he got so bloody good, we sent him off to GB bobsled for a trial. And he got in. So now he's traveling all over Europe and I've lost my intern. <laughs> class. How good's that? Yeah. Wants to be a coach, ended up becoming an athlete. Yeah, yeah, class. Good um, good oh yeah, so as a as a big picture um kind of summary, that was how we had three we had three processes. The goal was to come back faster, more evasive than ever. Um, and more confident than ever. And the three processes were, let's employ a speed-based approach. That means we're not going to spend ages running, plodding around a pitch to try and get our meters up. Everything that we do is going to be drill-orientated to start with. Then we're going to dribble and scissor, and we're going to bound, and we're going to do our plyometrics to bridge the gap, and then we're actually going to run fast repeatedly. And that was what I think one of the, the big things that I was happiest with was that at month... I actually wrote down a couple of couple of notes and timelines. At month five and a half, Ant PB does lifetime speed um, at 10.4 meters per second. And I thought that was just a really, not, it's not the be all and end all, of course, but it's a really nice nod to the process of, of employing this ability to, we're going to get our shapes right. We're going to get our postures right. We're going to get our rhythms right. We're going to gradually progress our intensities and our volumes, just like a sprinter would until we can run really, really fast repetitively before we then worry about taking that speed and putting it into game speed. Um, so yeah, that was a that was that was a really, really nice moment within the within the rehab. I don't know, Ant, if you wanna 
to jump in. I can give you a timeline, Rob, if you'd like, of all the different things that happened at all the different periods of time, and OSNCs would probably appreciate that one. We'll do that in a second. I've just got a quick question for Ant. With this, with this approach, I don't, I don't know what your preconceptions of an ACL rehab were. I guess they were slightly different because you'd worked with Al before. But was there any points during those months of working with Al that you were maybe concerned that you were moving too quick because no. of the preconception? Okay. Yeah. Cool. No. 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 I was. I mean, <laughs> there's probably only one time that can spring to mind and it's probably the first time that I actually went to see him after my thing and like bear in mind I hadn't done any barely any movement yet um and there was no reason why I couldn't but I think we did some really low level dribbling on in the in the car park I think it was and I remember at that point I was thinking my knee is going to blow up tomorrow but it was completely fine and I think literally from that moment on I was like yeah we're sweet here. I know this is... And there was actually another time where I slipped, but that no. wasn't anything to do with how I slipped. And we panicked. <laughs> that it was, was completely fine. I literally got up and finished the, the session. Line, that was week 12. That was, the, that was one of the first time we did any banded D-cells and Ant managed to lose his footing and rolled over the top of his left knee, which was his ACL side. And then, honestly, I've got a video of the mechanism was exactly the opposite thing that you would ever want to see as a rehab coach see your athlete do. Anyway, he got up and thank God he stayed up because I was just like, oh no. <laughs> Difficult conversation with the club. Yeah, it could have been, yeah. The interesting one about that, Ant, <laughs> right? So like coming in for your first session and dribbling, like on your feet, dri dribbling for people that don't know is just like doing low level running mechanics. Um, we did it over ankle. We actually ended up progressing to over shin in that very first session. Um, was you had great function in the knee, really quiet. You had good lateral hip strength and ability to hip lock uh, in closed drills. You had great ability to actually stay stiff on drop landings and be able to bounce moderately off your off that left side. So all those things combined equate to the ability to dribble it's just an isolated you're doing it in isolation not an in integration in terms of actually doing the speed mechanics so that was the that was the reason you can do all the things that suggest you should be absolutely fine to dribble so do you know what we're going to try it and we're going to do it at low level and low volumes to begin with and we're going to assess <laughs> and see <laughs> assess and see what happens the next day and make sure that kind of you're in no pain you don't have any response you don't we call it technical threshold, but basically you don't look terrible when you do it. And the answer to all those was a tick box, like it was a yes. And, and that set the tone for being able to understand, right, okay, you can get on your feet. There's no reason why we can't continue, but our, our, our strength is still going to be the priority. That's going to be number one, but there's absolutely no reason why we can't start ingraining the motor patterns that I know in four months' time we're going to need to have super sharp and super conditioned for you to run really, really fast. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip came from episode number 433 with Anthony and Alan, and you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today, and I'll chat to you next time.